0: My life in two minutes, so here goes. Good morning, everyone. This is my testimony, or to put it another way, how I met and fell in love with Jesus. And I have to tell you, it was blackmail. Yes, good Christian folk blackmailed me. But let me start at the beginning. Many eons ago, when I was a young child, my parents sent me and my sisters to Sunday school, which I must have enjoyed as I kept going until around the age of 14, when I commenced confirmation classes. Then I met a young man, and we school five days a week, working on Saturdays, we were allowed to in those days, and we only had Sundays to meet, so church sadly was left behind. Now, potted history of the rest of my life. I met Jim when I was 14, engaged at 16, married at 18, had my lovely daughter Chrissy when I was 20. I then had a gap, had enough by then, until (laughs) Graham came along six years later. So eventually I had to find a Sunday school for them, and although I tried church a few times during those years, we were not attending one. However, the local Baptist church had a Sunday school, so off we went to enroll them there and then returned home for a restful Sunday morning. This was not to last, as one afternoon there was a knock on the door and standing there were two lovely ladies. They told me how good it was to see the children on a Sunday, but this week it was family service. Sorry. And it would be so nice if their mummy and daddy came along. LAUGHTER As I said, (laughs) blackmail. But if you send your children to any activity, it's only right to support them. And so off I went once a month for several months. Lo and behold, I enjoyed it and found I wanted to go on the other weeks. My gosh, that was a bit of a shock in the style of service on those other weeks. But I was made so welcome, I kept going. And then one day, another lady invited me to visit for a chat over a cup of tea, which ended in her praying for me. And at that point, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the most amazing moment of my life. I drove home singing along and praising God. And when I arrived home, Jim immediately saw something had happened to me and initially thought I was drunk. Which I was, but not with any earthly spirit. Mark reminded me the other day, that is what the people thought about the early Christians. So I was in good good, um, thing. Life then continued and Jim had lots of extremely serious health issues. My sister visited one day when Jim had been taken yet again into intensive care and she asked me, how do you believe in God when you have so much trouble? To which I replied, how would I manage without him? Sorry, I'm in tears. Jesus has been my saviour, friend and helper all my life. And now he's brought me here to be a part of the lovely Kurtz family. And particularly when I first arrived, he placed me, with Catherine's help, in the most supportive and loving life group. Life has continued to have its ups and downs since (laughs) I arrived. But with the love and support from David, Shirley and all the other members of the group, I know God has put me in the right place. I thank him for all of you, and God bless you all oh,
1: amazing. This morning we're carrying on in our series of confidence we're looking at how we can be confident and equipped ourselves as we gather in these moments to share Jesus, to share that compassion. and so We're going to watch a video instead of a talk today, and then we're going to hear three different stories about what's God doing in the lives of some of the people in the church today. How do they share the compassion of Jesus throughout the week? So, if we can have the video first, there's some really good nuggets in this that you might want to dig into. Some big concepts in here that you might want to dig into a little bit in your life groups as well this week. But enjoy this; it's good stuff.
2: To describe what God is like, it could be difficult or daunting. But when the people who wrote the Bible pondered the mystery of God, they consistently described God's character in this way, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. The very first word used in this description of God is compassionate, or in Hebrew, rachum. This word also appears as a noun, rachamim, or compassion. And what's fascinating is that both of these words are related to the Hebrew word for womb, rechem. So compassion in the Hebrew Bible is centered on a person's core, and the word invites us to imagine a mother's tender feelings for her vulnerable infant. So rahum is a word that conveys intense emotion. Sometimes it's even translated as deeply moved. Like in the story of King Solomon, who meets two women who've just given birth. One of their babies sadly dies, but then both women claim that the baby still living is theirs. As a test, Solomon says to cut the baby in two and give each mother a half. And the baby's real mother is deeply moved. She would rather the other woman take her baby than see her child die. And it's her compassion that reveals that she's the true mother. But rahum isn't just an emotional word. It also involves action. And surprisingly, the word is used most often to describe God's actions, motivated by his emotions. Like when the Israelites are suffering and oppressed in Egypt, God hears their cries and is compelled by his compassion, his rachamim, to rescue them. Then, as the Israelites travel through the dangerous wilderness, they're hungry and thirsty. And God is Rahum, caring for them as his own child. He provides everything they need, food, water, and clothing, as he personally guides them. So it's no surprise that when Yahweh reveals his character to the Israelites in the wilderness, he begins by saying he's compassionate. But despite Yahweh's continual rachamim, the Israelites turn away from him time and again. They reject Yahweh's compassion and instead give their allegiance to other gods. And rather than showing compassion to each other, they do violence. And their rebellion results in exile, and they're scattered among the nations. And it's in this dark moment in Israel's story that we come to the book of Isaiah, where Yahweh compares himself to a mother full of rachamim toward her baby. He says, can a mother forget her nursing child or have no compassion or rachamim on the child of her womb? Even if she forgets, I will not forget you. God is full of motherly compassion and he will rescue his people. And as you read further in Isaiah, you realize that God is going to do this by entering into the suffering of humanity. And this points forward to a time when Jesus comes on the scene. He is Yahweh's deep compassion become human. In Greek, the word compassion is oiktirmos. And as Jesus embraces the sick and cares for the outcast, he is deeply moved by human suffering. Jesus compares himself to a mother hen using her wings to shield her chicks from danger as he gathers people into his embrace. And in the ultimate expression of oictirmos, Jesus is moved by compassion to enter into humanity's suffering, into death itself, to rescue and bring us near to God. And it's this same life of compassion that Jesus calls his followers to imitate allowing ourselves to be moved by the pain of others, to embrace the hurting, and to participate in relieving suffering in the world. In this way, we too can embody the compassion of Yahweh, or in Jesus' words, be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Now you can see how fitting it is that compassionate is the first word God uses to describe Himself. So when we're in pain or see others suffering, we can be certain that God is deeply moved to respond and that he's there to meet us with his deep compassion. And
1: that radio, video really powerful. Be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. So we're going to hear some stories from people who live in their lives for Jesus in the ordinary things that they do. We're going to find out what they're doing this time tomorrow and maybe through the week, and we're going to pray for them. And as we pray for them, we're going to remember others in our uh, community amongst us that we're going, yeah, Lord, we, we want to share that compassion. Lord, give us, give me a compassionate heart just as you pour out your compassion to me. May I be someone that shares that compassion with others. So I'm going to invite Beth, Beth G, just to come up. Beth's just jumped out of crèche for a moment to come and share. And these are the questions, just as Beth's come in, that I'm going to ask uh, three different people. I'm going to ask Beth, uh, I'm going to ask Mike Turner and Fiona Bailey, this strange lady that I'm married to. and She <laughs> she got the joy of being chosen this as well. So, Beth, thank you. We're going to ask you these questions. Where are you going to, Where are you tomorrow? What, will you, what do you do there? What are your challenges and joys? Maybe some of that. What's some of that compassion that you have opportunities to share? And how can we pray for you and maybe others that are like you? Do you want to go with that one? Yeah. Are you happy with that? Yeah. So, Beth, come on then come and share with us. Thank you for doing this. Okay. I've sprung it on you. We've had a slight change of plan this Sunday, but I think this is what God wants to do amongst us. I think he wants to hear stories of God's people doing the stuff in the week. So, Beth, come on. Where will you be this time tomorrow? So,
3: tomorrow, I will have just dropped Lily up at school, um, and then Mondays are normally a food shop day for us. Food <laughs> shop, <that's Yeah>. <laughs> Part of tomorrow will involve um, preparing a craft and baking cakes for a toddler group I run on a Tuesday um, at our local C of E church. Um, So we get about ten mums and tots. It's quite a small group. Um, So tomorrow we'll be preparing for that. We're doing Mother's Day crafts, so we'll be cutting and preparing that. (laughs) And maybe make some brownies.
1: Very good. And just that, you said to me, Beth, when I just messaged you yesterday, Beth went, yeah, I don't I don't really do a lot. And then she gave me this big, she said, don't do much on a Monday. Monday's my quiet day, but tell us a little bit about some of your other days. Cause, go on, just share a little bit what Tuesday, Wednesday maybe looks like, because your week changes, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, so I don't work um, in the day, I work at night. I'm a support worker for adults with brain injuries. Um, so I will work this week a Tuesday night, so tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then Friday night. Um, so, Wednesday, I also help with a local uh, baby and toddler group um, at Oakwood Church. Um, again, I will provide cake for that. And then. <laughs> yeah. <lots of> cake. <laughs> yeah. We like cake. Um, and this week, Thursday, I will make the soup and cake, or one of the cakes, for the Life Cafe. Um, More cake, yeah, brilliant so and a soup. lot of baking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah.
1: That's amazing. Can you hear a bit of Beth's heart in all of that? We've got some children and young people and little ones and cake and provision and compassion with soup and all the little bits. But then I just love the fact sometimes when chatting with your husband Nathan, it's like, oh yeah, well, life's a bit tricky because Beth's just come off a night shift and you've got your own two young children as well. So this juggling of life, but wanting to show the compassion literally to the, to the most hurting people, those that are struggling with brain injuries. I just think you're a big heart. So... What are some of your challenges and joys? What, what are some of the challenges you maybe experience in your week um, and, and some of the joys?
3: Yeah. So um, one of the challenges we have with the toddler group on the Tuesday is it's a really old TV church with a very small congregation. Um, and the heating's broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to cost something like 60,000 to yeah. six. So it's very cold. Um, so the children don't mind, but the adults do so we've got temporary heaters so that's always a bit of a challenge having said that it's got a little bit better in the last couple of weeks yeah. um and as you touched on yes i work nights and that sometimes can bring challenges with tiredness the next day and having enough to give to to these groups um but also to to freddie who's still at home yeah. um but it brings loads of joy like I love being able to be involved at setting up toys and moving chairs, whatever it is that prepares for a baby group. And then being able to sit and provide cake and conversation with mums that are maybe having a good week or maybe having a really rubbish week. Um, So yeah, that brings a lot of joy.
1: Amazing. Something we can pray for you. In a minute, I'm going to ask someone of you out there to pray for Beth and their family and maybe... Other mums that we're thinking of in our church but so just have that in your mind. But how can we pray for you, Beth?
3: I think it is, would be like the last week. Um, I think it's hard to find the joy sometimes in the mundane. I think it's you get up and like, oh, every day is the same. I do the same every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, yeah. And sometimes I think it's just waking up and thinking, actually, I am going to be really joyful about doing these things. Sometimes moving chairs isn't particularly joyful. Setting up the same toys yeah. each week feels a bit... Mundane, but actually the, um, the, re- like the things that come from doing that does produce joy, but I think sometimes it's easy to overlook that and say, oh, I've just moved 50 chairs or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just that I would continue to find the joy in the stuff
1: that we do. Yeah, brilliant. I'd love someone to pray nice and loud for Beth, maybe uh, someone just to stand where they are and just pray loud. Particularly, I love that bit that you said about seeing God in the mundane. I think that's a lot of our lives, isn't it? Lord, would you see me in the mundane as I move that chair, as I make that cake, as I look after my kids, as I care for those around me, see the mundane for for Beth, and maybe that's an echo for some of us. So let's pray. Would someone just lead us in prayer for Beth? That would be great.
4: now. Yeah. And yeah. I pray the Lord too, as He seeks to support
1: her in her work and everything. Lord, what a, what
4: a lovely
3: family.
1: Yeah, thank so, you, so, Lord. To her, um, to too. Lord. Yeah. Just, just embrace them all, I pray, in your wonderful days. Amen. Oh, Amen. Oh, Bless you, Beth. Thank you thank for sharing. You. Let's give Beth a little round of applause. Bless you this week. Good stuff. I'm going to ask Mr. Mike Turner if you would like to come and share, Mike. You see how it's done now, Mike. Set the stall high for you. So come on, come on, my friends. Let's ask you similar questions. That's right. Be nice to be nice to Fiona. Come on. Thank you, Mike. Come on in a bit. Come on. Come and tell us, Mike. This is Mike Turner, everyone.
5: Um, Mike. Good morning, all. <laughs>
1: where, where are you going to be this time tomorrow, then, Mike? Tell tomorrow, us I'm going to
5: be at Bishop's Hall Primary School. Not doing a lot because I'm the head teacher, so yeah. I hide in an office. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Kick back. Kick yeah. back. Is that right? Is that right, Ralph? <laughs> 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 um, yes. Yeah, so I'll be at Bishop's Hull, and um, actually tomorrow at this time we'll probably be having a um, assembly, and it's our values assembly. And actually one of our values has been compassion, oh, that we've spoken about. So that's been great. Oh, yeah, so, and the one we're doing at the moment is forgiveness. So yeah. So. Wow. But yes. Yeah, so that's that's i have going to start with the joys, actually, the joys yeah, of my job, um, because that, it's, it's a real privilege to be part of a community, and you don't. No, we're all a community here, and we're all part of it. And I'm, I'm sure we all consider it a privilege to be part of this community, and it's a privilege to be part of Bishop's whole community. And, and, and that privilege is, is about being part of people's lives, because I think, you know, as a Christian, I suppose I think about how, what impact do I have? Do I have an impact? Um, and I think being placed in somewhere like a community like the Hull, you know, I am involved in people's lives and that's a privilege, you know. So whether that's for children's lives and, and seeing the joy of being part of their lives and seeing them grow and, and learn, or whether that's um, helping families along the way and being told really intimate stuff by families who are struggling... Um, who are willing to come and share that with me and say, this is my life at the moment, how can I help? Yeah. Um, or whether that's um, staff um, and being part of um, leading a staff team and, and understanding what goes on in their lives and having that privilege to know what's going on in their lives yeah. and how difficult their lives are. Um, and I think that's huge, you know, that's yeah. huge and a huge joy to be, able to be a part of that and to be let into people's lives. Yeah.
1: hugely yeah. challenging as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us, tell us <laughs> challenges, because the joy yeah. is
5: amazing, but the challenges are yeah.
1: big, aren't they? The whole of families are, some of that responsibility. So, yeah, what does that look like,
5: Mike? Yeah, that, that's daunting at times. <laughs> um, and I think, um, at the moment, especially financially, it's really daunting. Um, I'm looking at a really poor budget, um, and that means I'm thinking about redundancies and about um, laying people off, um, and having had, having to have difficult and emotional conversations with staff, um, which I hate. Um, hmm. But that's, and that's really tough. And but I have to have the conversations. I have to run the school. And, and sometimes I'm thinking I don't want to do this job. I don't want to have these conversations. But as as Ralph knows, someone's got to do it, and someone's got to make those decisions. And and I suppose you do make those decisions, but you try and make those decisions as compassionate as you can. And sometimes I think it's being open and being able to listen um, so that people can come to you and, and you can have those tough tough discussions, but you know, people know that you're listening to them. And that might only be a... Sometimes I think that... That doesn't mean much really because when I'm talking about people's jobs and their livelihoods well I'm changing people's lives because I've got to take them out of one job and put them into another job and I know they love this job but they're going to hate this job and I'm doing that at the moment. I'm thinking this is not good news, you know, but I have to deliver that to you. I'm a Christian, I'm delivering you this horrible news, you know, so... And I suppose it's, it's, it's the way you deliver it, I suppose, and, and the way you listen and, and, and the way you explain things and, and then, then trying to be compassionate to them. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, it's... You can hear so it, you is a, it is a joyful hear. job, but
1: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and,
1: and you can hear that, can't you? We, yeah. we can sense that. You hear Mike's heart of, oh, Lord, I want to bless and do the best, but I've got... I've been charged with this difficult job, this role of juggling books and looking after the lives of my staff, my team.
5: Um... How can we pray for you, Mike? I suppose... Um, yeah, really, I mean, what I was going to say in terms of showing Jesus in yes, school... Yes, we missed that. You jumped sorry. on, didn't you? No, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> <Excuse>. Just, um, <coughs> I think my philosophy is, and there's a lot of things I don't do right as a head teacher, and I don't even know really sometimes whether I run the school that well, but my philosophy is I'm going to give time to people and I'm going to listen to people and I'm going to notice people. So if that means walking through my school and saying, oh, I love that bit of drawing to a child, or if that means smiling at a child who's looking a bit down or or noticing a child on the playground who's unhappy and going across to that child, then that's what I'll do. And it also means come into my office and have a chat if you need to. Um, and you know that's the value I, of, of showing Jesus to me, yeah, and to, to others in my school. And, and yeah. like I said, I don't know whether I do all the, the major things like finance and all that very well. <laughs> but what I hope I do is, is try and show compassion and, and show Jesus in some way to people around me. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. How can we pray for you, Mike, in your week? What um, does that look
1: like? We can pray, You'd love someone else, just to pray for Mike in a minute. Upstairs or downstairs, don't mind.
5: Um, basically, that I trust in God because I sometimes I go to school and, very much like Beth was saying, I go to school and I think the negative thoughts come through. The negative that I'm going to have in my day comes through. Those difficult conversations come through, and I'm thinking, I don't want negative. I want to think about the joys of what I'm yeah. doing. So perhaps that really, that the joy is emphasised rather than the negative and that I trust in God, and I do, I trust yes. in God and even though I'm going to school thinking Ooh, at the end of the day, I've had a good day because yes. I've trusted in God, So just that I keep on trusting in God Brilliant, Mike, thank you,
1: would someone pray for Mike now, that would be great he's going to do that for us yes, all right. thank you thank you Mike, you're elected to you yeah. man of real compassion Yes, sir. What he wants to do is to love people and to love his school and all other kids would you keep that fire burning Lord? And all those hard decisions have been there. Yeah. I've seen how you've you know, been to help me in management positions and, and make a difficult decisions, and you've always been there. Yes, Lord. To that, I'm that do the same way. in those hard times, difficult times. It was well a good time, really encouraging and uh, uplifting and giving words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And he does such a great job. He's been into it. Yeah, the bless him, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Give him a round of applause. Last but no means least, my lovely wife. Sorry for whatever comes out of my mouth earlier. I was get it wrong. You always do it with the people you love, don't you? Fiona, come and Thank tell you. us um, a little bit about where you're going to be tomorrow, because things have changed a bit since you first come to Creech. So just tell tell people what you'll be doing this time tomorrow.
4: Sorry, just checking the time. Um, (laughs) This time tomorrow, um, I'll be in Wales. Um, On Monday, I work at a welcome hub in Wales, working with um, Ukrainian refugees. Um, I will have completed um, an initial welfare check, so the person tomorrow has been in the country for about five days, um, and that will be saying hi, how are you doing, how are things going, checking that um, IDs and everything matches up, um, and actually just being a welcome to people as they arrive in this country i don 't know what that person has come from i don 't know you know what they 're carrying and stuff, so each day is completely different, um, which is fabulous and i 'll also be preparing for um, a six-month check. So um, somebody that's been in the country for at least six months um, just saying, hi, how are you doing? How are things going? How can we support you? How can we um, uh, help you settle well um, in Somerset? So, um, yeah, like I say, every check is completely different because you don't know who you're going to encounter. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do, really. Um, that's where I'll be tomorrow.
1: Great. And Fiona, what are some of your challenges and joys? You can do it either way around. Okay. Um,
4: I said I wasn't going to cry. It's an absolute privilege to do my job. I absolutely, it's the first time in my career where I actually want to get up in the morning and go to work. <laughs> I, um, it's, it is a huge privilege to be a small, tiny part of this huge, Upheaval, this huge chaos that people are going through, and to be—what's um, uh, the word? To be ballast, to be that steadying, calming presence. Um, that's that's the joy um, of actually, you know, what's going on in your life? How can we support you? How can we help you find housing? How can we help you get support for? crazy medical conditions that when you come to a country and you've left everything behind and, I mean, yeah, coming to a completely different country and learning new systems and things, it's a real privilege um, to be able to help signpost people to the right support um, that also brings its challenges. I really wish I spoke Ukrainian or Russian. <laughs> it would really, really, really would help. Um, but Phones I don't. Are good. Phones are good. And translation apps are great. But um, a real joy is I get to work with um, a lady called Inna, who is a translator, and she is a joy. She is a gift. Um, I just love working with her. And I guess that's one of my prayers is that I can continue to be Jesus to her. I don't know where she is in faith-wise, but um, she, yeah, yeah, she, she's a privilege to work alongside. The challenge is, um, you hear tough stuff. Yeah. You hear really rough stuff that nobody should be going through. Nobody should, um, yeah, yeah, this time... Two years ago, people were having birthday parties or, you know, living life and doing, doing life and having amazing jobs. And, um, I've met lawyers and, um, pharmacists and, you know, really super qualified people who are now, um, cleaning kitchens and, uh, just doing really menial stuff, that jobs that are valid and worthwhile, but not within, um, their, their lifetime plan, if you know what I mean, yeah. that the carpet's been pulled. So that is one of my challenges, is trying to
1: support people in that. Brilliant. Anything else to pray for? So praying for your, this lady, Inna, and yeah. all those that you meet, anything else?
4: Um, <clears throat> pray, yeah, the volunteers that I work with are, are absolutely incredible. Um, I work with a couple of people that are paid roles, but the majority of people are volunteers. Uh, one lady, um, who is an absolute legend and I adore her, she works. Th- she volunteers a 39-hour week, and she's just. She's absolutely. She's retired. She's just. She's a machine. She's a phenomenal. Um, so just um, pray for um, that continued relationship with them. Um, but also that they would um, yeah, they would have the stamina themselves to keep on doing um, but also that um, yeah, that I would be, they would see more of a Jesus in the stuff that we do um, yeah, pray for that um, and just for it all really it's all yeah. just, it's, 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 just it's, it's hard to be
1: specific I'll stop talking <laughs> would someone pray for Fiona pray particularly not just for Fiona but what Fiona's representing with the organization of CCS but also for those that are in need those that need our welcome into this country at this time so would someone pray for that would be great
3: you. Yeah. she
4: The to
1: Yeah. And Amen. thank you, man. Oh, man. Thank you, Faye. You may have listened to some of those stories this morning and gone, I don't do that. I don't do anything. I don't show uh, with confidence this compassion of Jesus to those that I bump into. But maybe you heard some of the little bits and you think, yeah, I I do a bit of that. I do some of that. I I smile. I listen. I pause to stop in my week and notice. Mike said that. It's important, isn't it, what we notice. That I pray for people. I make a cake and come alongside or move some chairs or I smile. Some of the notes uh, from this week's confidence through compassion say this, having more compassion trumps having less confidence. I'll say that again. Having more compassion trumps having less confidence. Perhaps compassion makes up for a lack of bravery, or when we're moved by compassion, we gain confidence. There's something about when we're stirred by God's spirit we gain confidence we don't wait for the confidence and then think oh i'm going to do it we say god you've stirred something in my heart as i see that person see that need now i have the confidence to act It goes on to say either way we find enough confidence to do a brave thing because compassion compels us and as part of our vision Here at Creech, we've been thinking over the last year really about seeing lives transformed by Jesus. And the two main main ways that this happens is, it happens when we gather together and we seek the presence of God. We seek his Holy Spirit. We can't share Jesus if we're not filled up and full of his spirit and recognising you are God and you love other people. And so we seek his presence when we gather throughout the week, when we gather on Sundays and we seek his Holy Spirit, and we say, come Lord. And then the other strand is that we show the compassion of Jesus. So there's this up and down, us and Jesus, and then sharing Jesus with those that we meet. And I'd love us just to end this morning's service just by singing and waiting on the Lord, and say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, we need you, I need you this week. I can't share Jesus with those around me in my own strength. I need your presence. I need your spirit. And I ask for your confidence and a greater stirring in my life. Lord, would I see people like you see them, Jesus? Would you break my heart for the things that break yours, that I may love those and listen and care and share you wherever I go? So I'm going to ask us to stand and just maybe have a moment's quiet as I put the guitar on. Just stand a moment. As we ask the host for it to come, so. Thank